Blog Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. Children can run free So take my hand And walk this land with me And walk this lovely Good evening and welcome to Yadda Yadda Radio. We have learned uh, a lot uh, today uh, about uh, what we should have done in Afghanistan. Um, we ended up spending, um, uh, I don't know, $3 trillion making a bad situation worse. And here all we had to do was stand back and let Muslims kill Muslims. And uh, we could have saved a lot of American lives and a lot of capital. Uh, just, uh, the Islamic State today is... Uh, is protesting the Taliban because the Taliban is not Muslim enough for the the Islamic State, and they uh, blew themselves up in the middle of Friday prayers in a uh, in a mosque. And um, yeah, rumor is they killed around a hundred uh, people. Oh boy, you know they also when you talk about Muslims killing Muslims, there's a um, terrible uh, murder right now in the. Uh, uh, Islamic areas of uh, of Israel, big complaints uh, in uh, the Pakistanian areas where they're saying that that uh, the murder rate is uh, not being um, constrained by the Israeli police and that they have a different standard uh, amongst the Muslims when they kill each other than they do when uh, a Jew is involved. But would you go into the West Bank to try to uh, prosecute a murderer when a no one's going to uh, um, to provide any evidence. Cooperate. They're not a single person going to cooperate. Uh, when you go in there, they're going to shoot you and try to kill you. Uh, would you go in there? I want you to go there. We don't you. want you here. This doesn't belong to you. Why aren't right. you policing us better? <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, of belonging, I was reading an article, um, I think it was the Jerusalem Post uh, this morning, about 5 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I, they were talking about uh, circumcision and how the ultra-Orthodox will not accept you in their community if uh, you haven't circumcised your sons and you're not circumcised. And 
in the Orthodox, uh, they will accept you in their community, but uh, your uh, sons cannot be bar mitzvah. Now, I was unaware that bar mitzvah was ever mentioned in the Torah. Perhaps you could tell me what I have missed, but um, the only thing you're supposed to miss if you're not circumcised is Passover. But these numbskulls never mentioned Passover. They just said, you can't be bar mitzvah. Then in the Reform, which is uh, Judaism light, they said, oh, sure, we'll take you in. We'll uh, let you be um, uh, bar mitzvah, whatever you want. We won't tell you that's a good idea, but uh, we won't hold it against you. After all, uh, circumcision is a sign, and signs come in many different forms, was their analysis. Hmm. But that's not why I'm telling you. I haven't you read story. James's book, huh? Yeah. That's I'm pretty sure when Yahweh talked about it, it was the sign. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And the sign mm-hmm. was uh, to... Uh, uh, with circumcision, it wasn't a uh, wasn't a letter or anything fancy. It was just circumcision was the sign. Uh, but the thing that that uh, was the most annoying to me, and I because I, I'm sitting here in bed, I'm, I'm um, reading it on my cell phone. You know, I get started pretty early, but I always start the morning with a uh, couple of news articles. Um, the reason that the Orthodox religious Jews didn't want to bar mitzvah uh, the, uh, the uncircumcised was because circumcision uh, as the sign of the covenant, the covenant was the covenant of Judaism. It wasn't the covenant of Yahweh. It wasn't the covenant with Abraham. It wasn't the covenant with Israel which is what we're going to turn to in a moment here. No. According to these nincompoops, the covenant is with Judaism. That's not the way I read it. In fact, everything I read is God despises religion and that the covenant conditions are that you have to walk away from. Um, the last few days I've been translating uh, Joshua, uh, Yahusha, um, and I've been doing it because I'm in the name uh, chapter of uh, of the introduction to God. And so I've been making the point that uh, there's not a single prophecy that uh, names uh, Yosha as in the Jesus Yosha. Not one. Uh, and that uh, there's only two Yoshas brought up in the story. There's one that's covered vociferously, uh, has a book named after him, uh, Yoshef Ben-Nun, who is the uh, successor of Moshe. And that's the one who reads what Yahweh has to say about him. Uh, and then there's uh, the Yosha that was the high priest uh, that uh, is um, spoken of disparagingly. So, you know, if your Jesus is supposed to be the most important person ever, if he's supposed to be the Messiah, if he's supposed to be the Son of God, if he's supposed to be God, why isn't there a single prophecy that names him? Not one. 
and mm-hmm. understandable as to why Christians stole every prophecy regarding God and uh, ascribed them to uh, Yosha as if God was senile and couldn't remember one name for the other, because there's just nothing to justify the deification of Yosha, not without a single prophecy. So this is what uh, um, God had to say about and concerning this transition from Moses to Yosha. And it's pretty hard to uh, project any of this on, uh, on Yosha, the Passover lamb. Uh, well, you could, you could certainly uh, uh, speak favorably of Yosha, the Passover lamb, but not as Yosha if he is modeled into something different. In the manner which to reveal the way to the, receive the benefits of the relationship, Asher, that I existed with, Ahaya, Moshe, I will be with you. He's speaking now directly to uh, Yosha, Yosha ben Nun. I will not fail you. I will not withdraw from you. And I will not abandon you or neglect you. Choose to, choose to be strong, tough, and empowered, and you will prevail. And be steadfast and courageous, and you will cause these people to possess the inheritance. This land, of this land, which I had promised to their fathers. It's interesting here that I... God is specifically saying, to prevail, you need to be tough. I'm going to empower you, but you need to be strong. If you're going to prevail, you should be steadfast and courageous. Well, so much for the meek are going to inherit the earth, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. God says, you know, I, I want you to be tough, strong, empowered steadfast, courageous, without exception, choose to be imbued with overwhelming strength and enduring toughness to consistently prevail and be resolutely steadfast. They put their, uh, uh, thanks, probably, JB, you're going to have to turn off the yeah. sound while, while the dog's barking. Get her to go to the other side yeah. of the house. No, yeah, it's way too loud. Without exception, Choose to be imbued with overwhelming strength and enduring toughness to consistently prevail and be resolutely steadfast and exceedingly courageous. God has repeated himself because he wants this to sink in, being particularly observant so that you can act upon and engage in everything in accordance with the Torah teaching and guidance which to reveal the way to receive the benefits of the relationship Moshe, my associate, used to provide you with directions and instructions. Do not turn away from it, removing it yourself from it, rejecting any part of it. Don't turn to the right or to the left. The right, by the way, would be Yamim, which would be to the Gentiles, don't turn to the left, which is Shemo'el, which would mean covering it up, so that you can grow an understanding as a result of the teaching and succeed. 
gaining insights and perspective, becoming wise and circumspect, and thinking properly to prosper in every walk of life, which is in concert with the relationship. Well, here, God's not talking about be courageous so that you can whip some Hittite behind. He is not saying, I want you to be tough so that you can uh, clean up the mess that the Canaanites have made. He's saying being tough because the, the world is going to try to do everything to lure you away from my Torah and from me. Mm-hmm. You need to be courageous if you're going to stand up for what I'm sharing with you because it's so hostile to the rest of the world. It's be courageous and be tough and be consistent and be steadfast so that you can act upon and engage in what you observe in the Torah. Isn't that interesting? It is. That it takes courage. Mm -hmm. It takes strength. It takes tenacity. Not only to observe the Torah, but to engage in it and act upon it. Do not turn away from it, removing yourselves from it, rejecting any part of it, to the right or to the left, dressing it up or covering it up, so that you grow in understanding as a result of the teaching. So the purpose of the Torah is to teach. It's to provide understanding. It's to give us insights and perspectives. No question. So the Torah is not something to obey because obedience does not bring understanding. The Torah Mm -hmm. cannot be something to obey because it takes no courage to be obedient. In fact, it's the lack of courage that would cause somebody to acquiesce to another. So God says, I want you to be strong around me. (laughs) Do not depart, he says moving away from, nor remove the written scroll of the Torah, teaching and guidance from your mouth. Ponder its implications so that you can make good decisions regarding it day and night. By being observant and as a result of closely examining and carefully considering, you will be able to act upon and engage in capitalizing upon everything in a manner consistent with that which is written in it. Boy, with all the references to the written Torah, how in the world does any Jew justify an oral Torah? No, read it. And when God says, don't ever move this away from your mouth, don't ever depart this written scroll, depart from this written scroll as it relates to your mouth, what he's saying is recite it. <laughs> recite the written Torah. When we do that, as we're doing right now, we get to listen to God speak. That's what we get to do. This is the, the great benefit of having the Torah in our mouths is we get to listen to God speak. And he's saying, what I want you to do here Ponder its implications so that you can make good decisions. Again, if the Torah was about obedience, 
there would be no reason to make a good decision. Obedience isn't about choice. It's about obeying. And it says again, be observant so that you can act upon it, so that you can engage in it. Be consistent with what is written. And then you're prepared to succeed. You'll prosper. You'll thrive. You'll grow. You'll move towards a beneficial conclusion in your journeys and with your conduct of life. What's more, if and when that occurs, you will grow in understanding as a result of the teaching and succeed. You're going to gain insights and obtain the proper perspective to be circumspect and prosper. Shakal. Teaching leads to knowing. Making the right conclusions about what you know leads to understanding. It is God's desire that we be circumspect, that we capitalize upon his teaching, we view it from the proper perspective, and that we come to understand. It goes on to say, have I not provided you with instructions and directions? Choose to be strengthened and empowered, steadfast and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not allow terrorists to prevail. Do not succumb to fear. Do not be dismayed, because indeed, Yahweh, your God, is with you through it all, wherever you journey within this beneficial relationship. Boy, isn't that the truth of it all, though? You know, the, mm-hmm. the world is falling apart. There are so many threats uh, to uh, us, and yet when you're Torah observant and part of the covenant family, there is no fear. No, I mean, Imbued with courage. We're never discouraged, never dismayed. The relationship is spectacular. Later, and without hesitation, therefore, he recited and proclaimed all of the words of the Torah guidance and direction, the blessings of peace and prosperity, the enriching gifts and loving benefits, and also the slights and denunciations, the vilifications and abominations, consistent with and according to all that is written throughout this permanently engraved scroll of the Torah instructions. Yes, the Torah has both, doesn't it? The Torah's guidance includes blessings of peace and prosperity, enriching gifts, and loving benefits that come through the covenant. But it also has slights and denunciations and vilifications and abominations, which the children of Israel would chase after false gods. There did not exist a word from all that which Moshe had instructed and taught, which Yosha, Yahweh, liberates and saves, did not read and recite, call out and proclaim, welcome and accept, Kara, in a straightforward manner, in the presence of the entire assembled community of Yisrael, including the women and children, those on a sojourn, of discovery who were walking along with them. Well, that's a, um, an interesting uh, thought, just the, uh, the last part of that, which, um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Is that 
Yeah, well, not only is there uh, um, non-Jews, uh, foreigners, who's on a, uh, a journey of discovery that are with them, but most important is that the women and children are there. You know, in a synagogue, yeah. a women can't sit anywhere near the men. They have to be separated. There's no separation here. Yeah. And the, the problem that Christians, of course, have is uh, some 200 references of the 220, about 210 or so, references to Yosha, are Yosha ben Nun. And Yosha ben Nun <laughs> taught the Torah, lived the Torah, read and recited the Torah, covered every word of the Torah, was straightforward in his presentation of the, of the Torah. Never stopped. And so, and, and so how do you get a, a religion from a Yosha who annulled the Torah? <laughs> That's very good. That's pretty crazy of them. Always without exception and invariably. This is rock. To the greatest extent possible, Ma'od. Choose to be observant. Closely examining and carefully considering. So as to act upon and engage in celebrating and profiting from the instructive conditions of the relationship agreement and the Torah teaching and guidance, which to lead the way along the correct path to get the most out of the relationship, Moshe, the co-worker of Yahweh, instructed and directed you all with for the purpose of loving Yahweh, your God, and to walk in all of his ways. Stunning. Uh, It's just so straightforward, so simple without exception, to the greatest degree possible, observe and act upon the Torah. It will lead along the correct path that will provide the most enjoyment in life. And that enjoyment comes from loving Yahweh. Observe the terms and conditions of his relationship agreement so that you stay close to him, clinging to, and always associated with him. And then you should work with him, using all of your best judgment and motivation with all of your soul and consciousness. So then Yosha commended and blessed them, and he sent them walking to their homes. Therefore, Choose to be empowered with overwhelming strength and enduring toughness to consistently prevail, being particularly observant so that you can act upon and engage in everything that is written on the inscribed scroll of the Torah teaching and guidance of Moshe, my associate. Do not turn away from it. Do not add anything to it. Do not reject any part of it. Not to the right, representing Gentiles, or to the left, dressing it up, covering it up, putting a wrapper around it. This is so that you do not come to mix anything together with it. You do not augment it or integrate with the Gentiles who remain among you. 
or with the names of their gods. Do not respect or respond to the worship of them. Do not swear an oath to them. Do not serve them and do not speak for them. Rather, instead, with Yahweh your God, actually cling. Staying really close, just for the benefit of the relationship, as you have been doing up to now on this day. Yahusha 23.8. Isn't that interesting? So what God is it saying is. is that I don't want you to be religious. I, I want you to observe the Torah. I want you to act upon the Torah and capitalize upon the Torah. I want you to gain insights and understanding and perspective from the Torah. I don't want you to cover it up, which they do at every synagogue. I don't want you to integrate it with, mix it in with any of that religious stuff. And then he says, when, you, when you're in the land, do not mix anything together with the Torah. Well, that would include a Talmud, a Zohar, a New Testament. Don't mix anything together with it. Don't integrate anything with it. And with the Gentiles who remain among you, don't integrate uh, anything with the names of their gods. And yet they're referring to God as Adonai, as an Adonis. Do not respect or respond to the worship of their gods. Lo Zakar. It doesn't say, don't say the name of, uh, of Jesus, or don't say the name of Allah, or don't say the name of Baal. It just says, don't respect or respond to the worship mm-hmm. of their gods. Mm-hmm. Do not swear an oath to them. Do not serve them. Do not speak for them. He's saying all the religious stuff. Don't do any of that religious stuff. And then God says, you know, it's, it's not like God says, well, because you should be doing that stuff to me. He doesn't say you should speak for me. He doesn't even command them to serve him. He doesn't say anything about swearing an oath to him. None of that. When it comes to God's instruction regarding himself, he just says, stay close. For the benefit of the relationship, stay close. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like so I just wanted to share that with you because it was just so consistent, so um, obvious, so unequivocal, so clear. The relationship between the Torah and the people, the covenant and the Torah, Yahweh and uh, his Torah, how all of this love uh, leads to us loving Yahweh. Uh, the importance of being observant, the importance of being thoughtful, the importance of being steadfast and courageous. Let's return to where we were. It was one of the most powerful passages in the uh, uh, in the prophets. That's, uh, uh, it began by saying, "Behold, a time is coming." Yahweh reveals well in advance of it occurring when I will enter into and cut with the house of Yisrael and the family of Yahudah, a restored and renewed covenant. It's a simple statement, but it tells you that 
okay, God has not given up on Israel or Yahuda. By the way, Yahuda means Jew. Yisrael means Israel. That he obviously has not replaced them. That the uh, edict that is essential to the credibility of Christianity, that God transferred the promises that he had made to Israel and to Jews, to Goyim Christians. Well, there isn't a single statement anywhere in the Torah and Prophets to indicate that has occurred or would occur. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of references like this one that said, no, it did not this is a end times prophecy. This is something that is taking place in the very last days. And the renewal of the covenant, the restoration of the covenant, is with the house of Yisrael and Yehuda. That uh, destroys completely the myth of Christianity. It is also destructive of Judaism. Because in Judaism, the very few times they even mention the covenant, the covenant is associated with Judaism as opposed to Israel and Jews and Yahweh. It will be somewhat different than the covenant which to reveal the way to the benefits of the relationship I entered into with their fathers on the day I firmly took them by the hand with overwhelming intent and overpowered the situation to bring them out of the crucibles of oppression. Well, this says a lot, too. It tells you that Yahweh is our liberator, not a mean-spirited God who is uh, oppressive as Paul would opine. It tells us that God's role is to remove us from religion and politics, places of subjugation associated with religious coercion and political tyranny. It uh, tells us also that there is a difference between the covenant that Yahweh cut with Abraham, Yishak, and Jacob and the one he's going to restore with Yisrael and Yahudah. And he's going to explain that difference. And yet Christians, to justify having a New Testament based on this absurd notion of a renewed uh, covenant, stop there. Ah, oh, it's different to do. It's ours. Read on, nincompoop. There is a difference. God explains the difference. The difference was that with Abraham, he shared his Torah instruction. Abraham could take it or leave it. With Yishak and Jacob, he communicated his Torah teaching and guidance verbally. They could choose to pay attention to it or reject it. And for all of uh, this time, when even when he gave Moshe the Torah, the children of Israel could choose to listen to it, observe it, or reject it, which is what they have done. But the difference is, as we're going to learn, 
Yahweh is going to integrate mm-hmm. his Torah inside of us, which means there is no way to separate it from it. That is not what he did then, but it is what he is doing going forward. And the reason is that free will is paramount. And it's only at this time when the only people left are those who have chosen to be part of the covenant, those who have chosen to be Torah observant, those who have chosen to love and respect Yahweh, are the only people left. We've made the choice to accept the Torah, and so Yahweh can place it inside of us at this time. And of course, if he's placing his Torah inside of us, that destroys the myth of a Talmud and of a New Testament. Yeah. There's no reason for a Talmud if the Torah is going to be the document Yahweh himself is placing inside of us. And there is no if here because Yahweh is speaking to what is easily one of the top five prophets. You've got Moshe, you've got Dod, you've got Yashaya, you've got Yermaya. Those are the big four. I don't even know who you'd put in the fifth slot, but it it goes a long way from those four. Mm -hmm. And this is Yahweh revealing through Yermiah, I'm going to place my Torah inside you. In fact, let's turn to that. Before actually God says that, he, he reminds us that in the existing covenant relationship because you could choose to reject it that relationally they speaking of Israel and Yehuda broke it they broke my covenant although we were married Yahweh reveals through the prophet for this reason this is the covenant which to enjoy the benefits of the relationship, I will cut, establish, with the house of Yisrael. After that, and then without hesitation, prophetically declares Yahweh, I will provide placing my Torah guidance within them and integrate it into their ability to make decisions. I will write it. I will be their God, and they shall be my family. If you were to have a top ten list, I just had a top five list, top five, Mm -hmm. it was a top four list of prophets, and you were to have a top ten list of statements, this would be in that top ten. I would think. would be mine. For this reason, what is the reason? Well, that the overwhelming majority of Israelites, Jews, Yehudim, they broke, violated the terms and conditions of the covenant, which is fine. And so to reestablish the relationship, Yahweh is going to cut with Yisrael. Now, he's not mentioning Yahuda. Why? Beginning, it was Yisrael and Yahuda. Yeah, right. 
Yes. When he reestablishes Yisrael and then reestablishes the relationship between Yisrael and Yehuda, who, you know, Yisrael was destroyed first, taken away by the Assyrians. Assyrians. And, uh-huh. and prior to that time, Yisrael was warring with Yehuda. Well, they're going to reconcile that relationship. So Yehuda is going to be integrated back into Yisrael. And Yisrael is going to be reestablished and reconciled back into a relationship with Yahweh. So I will provide my Torah. So for this reason, this is the covenant, which to enjoy the benefits of the relationship, I will cut with the house of Yisrael. After that, and without hesitation, I will provide placing my Torah guidance within them. This is the thing that we talked about at the end of the last program. Uh, we've, I can tell you, it's probably been a thousand times where I said, why don't we just, you know, accelerate this? I'll, uh, I'd like to have the Torah inside of me right now and I could do this, uh, do a much better job. And yet that would be so inappropriate. Even Moshe had to think about it, process it before he spoke about it. Uh, Dode had to think about it, read it, recite it, ponder it, and then interpret it. Uh, that's the way it ought to be. you got to work for it. Right. Uh, what example would we be calling Yisrael back home if it was just, you know, we had instant Torah, we knew all of the answers? I'm not even sure we'd be able to relate to them effectively. That's a good point. Probably so, not. And it's... There's this joy of discovery, and we have this opportunity now. Let's capitalize upon it. Uh, Let's work for it. Let's enjoy the fruit of of those labors. So we're better off having the Torah be out there that we can choose to integrate into our lives by observing it, by listening to it by acting upon it, by coming to understand it, we make that choice every day. Yeah. And that's a much better position for us to be in. However, we are reaching a time where that will not be the best position to be in. Because, you know, we have so many wonderful choices we can make today. And yet we're in three and and a fraction dimensions. Mm-hmm. When we go to full four dimensions, it's an infinite increase in opportunity. The fifth dimension <laughs> is infinity times infinity. The sixth dimension is infinity times infinity times infinity times what we already have. The best of what we can have. And the seventh dimension is infinity times infinity times infinity times infinity multiplied by the best that anyone can enjoy at this time in this world, in this life. Now, most people only compare what they have by contrast to what somebody else has. You know, the, the super rich or something. And what we're comparing here is the best that man can have and experience 
times infinity times infinity times infinity times infinity. You know, it makes Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and et al. look like poppers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, in absolutely, wholly, and totally insignificant. So why, so why this, is that so attractive? Pardon? That should be the most attractive. I say, why is that not attractive to people? That should be the most attractive thing in the world. Are you kidding? Yes. I mean, yes, but when, we're, when we are given that many opportunities in yeah. terms of where we're going to go and what we're going to do and what we're going to learn and what we're going to accomplish, we will need God's guidance. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, it'd be, oh, you know, it, it's a computer code that will enable us to make really good decisions, as we uh, read back in, uh, in Yosha. And it's, yeah. that's what God is saying here. He said, as, in case you couldn't figure it out, and integrated into their ability to make decisions. Wal, al, leb, him. So you could say, uh, and upon their heart that he is writing his Torah. But that heart, he's not writing it on the organ. Heart didn't mean emotions. He is not writing it on the organ. There's no reason to translate it that way, particularly when we know that leb, Represented the seat of judgment. Wa'alabhem was their ability to make good decisions. That's where Yahweh says, I'm going to write it. And as a result, he will be our God. And we will be his family. Um, to my view, that is easily in the top ten statements in the Torah Prophets. Well, that's an awful beyond anything else we've read. I mean, wow. wow. So, Yehuda is not mentioned here because Yisrael is now reunited with Yehuda and they're part of a collective whole. And while the mm-hmm. restoration of Yisrael at the conclusion of the time of return and renewal is telling, it is actually small mana compared to what follows. Up to this point, Yahweh's Torah has been available to us, the most valuable document in the universe, but it has not been integrated into us. We have had the option to take it or to leave it, to observe it and reflect upon it or ignore it. This is great news, even for those of us who have devoted our lives to understanding and sharing it. Not only are we barely scratching the surface of what can be known and understood, but much of what Yahweh is going to share about this day is germane to navigating through six and seven dimensions. I mean, just imagine that we're going to say, let's go out to... This nebula over there, which is filled with hundreds of billions of stars and, uh, and maybe 10, 20 times that number of planets. Not that when you're dealing with hundreds of billions of solar systems, it really matters 
how many planets there are per solar system. But, and of course, there are about 400 billion uh, galaxies, each averaging anywhere from one to 300 billion stars. Uh, and that's in the existing universe before Yahweh creates the really special one. Yeah, the really special one. And so imagine going out there and having a field day with with life and with the beauty of the uh, of the whole thing. And so I, you're going to want some pretty good instructions. That you know, God might say, "Listen, life is precious. Uh, I'm uh, I'm all for you uh, using DNA and uh, conceiving life, but don't be." I'm all for you exploring things, but black holes are something you you really want to yeah. uh, avoid. Um, don't don't go near them. It's um, so messy to have to get you back out. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's such a. I just don't want to have to go back in there. It brings back bad uh, memories. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, bad memories. Don't want to go back there. There is truly an enormous difference between reading the Torah in Hebrew while contemplating its intent in English in a world polluted by misconceptions versus having it integrated into our core nature, into our decision-making ability. Imagine being absolutely fluent and not modern Hebrew, but in the Hebrew of Yahweh. And conversing with God, knowing every word in the vocabulary. Can you imagine hearing God speak Hebrew to us and then knowing every word that he said? Yes. Wow. That's a yeah. wow. Yeah. Throw know, we've away my lexicon. Yeah, we've, we've, yeah, throw away my lexicon. We've, we've um, talked about wanting the Torah integrated now rather than later, but it just wouldn't be appropriate. You know, Yah's not going to supplant free will by imposing yeah, his will on us. Yeah, yeah, and by the time that we have all chosen, all of those who have, of us who are left, we all have chosen Yahweh, then he is not infringing on free will. He is actually giving us what we want. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a time of discovery. We can capitalize uh, upon it when we're given the opportunity to embark on an adventure of an unlimited lifetime. Well, you know, you know to, another thought, too. Mm-hmm. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't have the opportunity to work with us if he gave it to us right now anyway. We wouldn't need him to do what he did. We'd just be like a malak, go out and do it. Yes. You know, and all yeah. the fun would be gone. I mean, for him. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that we're going to have. I think we're going to have the opportunity to do lots of growing and exploring and learning, and eternity. It's just that. No, yeah, but I mean, for the now, things that we're learning and exploring now draw us closer to God, help us understand God, help us understand what He is offering and and expects in return. And by the time we get to this day, we're already going to know all of that. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason. So we have every reason to invest in that now. And there's and whatever we 
caused to happen positively as a result of that is mm-hmm. going to endure for all time. So this is a great training for the uh, for going forward in the work of Yahweh. We can contribute to the size of God's family while Yahweh enhances our lives. It's a wonderful time, wonderful opportunity. And I think we'll have the memory of having enhanced the size of God's family forevermore. That would just be Yahweh's nature to make that possible. And as a matter of fact, as we read through the last chapters of Yeshua, God is celebrating that with us. Yeah. Wow. Now, now on this day in the summer of uh, early fall of 2021, as we're sharing this with you, as has been the case for the last 20 years, we're doing our utmost to encourage all who are interested especially Israel and Yahudah, to Yada Yahweh, to become familiar with, to come to know, to understand Yahweh. It is the most rewarding and enjoyable opportunity of our lives because we've uh, done so by translating Yahweh's Torah instructions while contemplating the implications of his guidance. We worked at it. Wonderful, rewarding work, and we're sharing it freely with you. But our mission is soon going to be obsolete. Once Yahweh's family has returned to the fold, once Yahweh has written a copy of his Torah inside of us, integrating his teaching into our lives, everyone will know what we have come to realize, and a lot more, far more than we could comprehend at this moment, and Kirk, we are retired. <laughs> My wife uh, tells me all the party. time, what are, we, party. Yeah, what are we going to go on vacation? You know, the, we can go to the British Virgin Islands. We could go to the Turks. We could go to, uh, you know, to Dominica. We could go to St. Lucia. Why don't we, you know, go on a vacation? There are people that occasionally leave this rock. <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be plenty of time for vacationing. Um, souls are depending on us doing a good job. Let's stay focused on what we're doing. We live in paradise, and we'll uh, we'll go off on vacations later. Um, but now our mission counts. Now for us, this is going to be a time of celebration, not only because Yahweh appreciates our devotion to calling Yisrael and Yahuda home to this day for this purpose, but also because our lives will be similarly enriched and enlightened on this day. We're beneficiaries right along with everybody else. Equally wonderful. The numbskulls, they're all going to be a thing of the past. Those that say the covenant is with Judaism will be gone. The political and religious, the conspiratorial and militaristic will be swept off the planet. I had a, uh, a uh, touching discussion with my wife uh, today who was struggling with something, and for her it was really serious. 
And maybe there's something wrong with me because it it wasn't for me. And I'm going to share it with you and and uh, get your uh, your thoughts. She says, "How do we deal with what we know?" And what she was implying and not implying, stating, is that we know that the last opportunity to make a choice to be part of the covenant uh, will be over in uh, in just twelve years. Mm-hmm. We know that some of our dearest friends, while they're here all the time, we treat them wonderfully. We enjoy their families. We have wonderful relations with them. And we share our books and our what we have learned with them that either they're not interested or not ready or there's some issue where they are not willing to devote the amount of time and energy it takes to um, capitalize on the covenant. And so she says, well, what do we do with the fact that we know and they don't know and we want them to know? And, and you know, how do you deal with that? I mean, how do you keep from judging our closest friends that aren't willing to make this commitment to learn? And uh, my response was, uh, doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't bother me at all. They were given the opportunity. That's the way I look at it. I said, you know, um, they're not going to be judged. We don't have a friend that's going to be judged. Uh, They were given the opportunity, in fact, on a silver platter. And if they chose, they didn't want to take advantage of it, that's on them. It's not on us. There's no punishment associated with it. Um, I'm not going to regret anything. We made this truth available to them. We embraced their lives uh, with the proper example and and hope that they would say, I want what you have. Um, So, no, I'm going to have no regrets. And and for the, you know, she went on to say, what about all of the, you know, my brethren that are going to be wiped out if this couldn't happen soon enough from my point of view? I do not have any issue with every religious advocate ceasing to exist. As a matter of fact, I have no issue with uh, the idiot that wrote that the covenant is part of Judaism to spend eternity in Sheol. It's what needs to happen. All of these progressives that are demanding Israel relinquish Israel, all of the anti-Semites and conspiratorial nutcases, all of the uh, the Christians that persecuted Jews. I have no issue with them either ceasing to exist or going to Sheol. Uh, mm-hmm. It's appropriate. So I I'm ready for it. I it's um, and I go into it with this total peace of calm. I'm delighted with what we're going to receive. I'm delighted with our friends and family that are going to receive the same thing. I'm delighted that Yahweh is pleased with what we're accomplishing. And I'm uh, delighted for those who are going to embrace the covenant over these next 12 years. And I'm delighted that those who are opposed to it and are opposed to God's family 
that they're not going to be anywhere around. Mm-hmm. I think that's a benefit. I don't see that as a as a liability. But this is what uh, no, yeah, you was can say you is, did everything you could to make them aware. I think we did. I, you know, I look at these these beautiful re, rewritten books and and this program that we're embarked on and everything we have done. And yes, I'm I'm very comfortable that we did all that we, we could do and we're continuing to. That is correct. And better than that, we just didn't have left them with no excuse. We've given them tunity of a lifetime. No longer shall anyone impart information or teach individuals in association with an outspoken world or other individuals according to brotherly kinship. Choose of your own accord to know Yahweh. Why? Because everyone will know me. From the youngest up to the enduring witness of the most important and oldest prophetically reveals Yahweh. We're retired. Our job is done. At that point, there is no one who is going to say, of your own accord, come to know Yahweh. That's what we're saying right now. Of your own accord, choose to come to know Yahweh. And at this time, we won't be saying it anymore because everyone, everyone that survives to this day will know Yahweh. I like the fact that it says here from the youngest up to the most enduring witness, uh, the most important and the uh, the oldest Uh by that time, we're, I can't speak for all of you, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in my 70s by the time this occurs. That makes me pretty old. But the fact that there's the youngest, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, about JB and your daughter. I'm thinking uh, about Dee and uh, her uh, children. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about the... The fact that God would not have spoken of young people, if uh, and he didn't say just young people, he said the youngest, because I think that uh, he is including the children of covenant members. Mm-hmm. And that's tremendously reassuring. For many of the fortunate souls experiencing this marvelous moment in time, uh, they're going to be spiritual in, uh, infants, having just recently responded to Yahweh's call to return and to be restored, having arrived towards the conclusion of the time of Jacob's troubles. And yet, with Yahweh's Torah guidance scribed within them, they're going to recognize and acknowledge their father. I've shared this many, many times, and I'm, I certainly could be wrong, but uh, it resonates with me nonetheless, and I'm going to share it with you, because I think this is correct, and I think it's reasonably profound, that the Torah that Yahweh is going to be 
writing in us that's going to empower our ability to make good decisions going forward is a Torah with a lowercase t. Now, as we know, in Hebrew, there is no upper and lowercase lettering. So everything is a lowercase or everything is an uppercase. So there's no way to distinguish it. But in English, there is. The capital T would be the title Torah. A lowercase t would be the concept of Torah, which is teaching, guidance, direction, and instruction. I think it is the latter. And the reason I think it's the latter is what we've already uh, discussed somewhat, which is that as we move up in dimensions, the choices and the opportunities grow exponentially. They grow infinitely. And we're going to need this kind of teaching and guidance to not only get the most enjoyment out of eternity, but it, but just to survive the environment. Mm-hmm. So I think it's Torah with a lowercase t. Uh, I also think but that... Torah capital t is the roadmap to Yahweh's house. Once we're there, mm-hmm. we don't need the roadmap anymore. Right. And it's no. also the signs that say, don't go down that street. Mm-hmm. Don't go down that Gentile uh, avenue. You know, Don't go down that religious way. And so there's a lot of stuff in it that we're not going to need anymore. Right? We don't need to know anything about a a golden calf. We don't even need to know about a a sacrifice that would make us immortal. We don't need to know of a sacrifice that would perfect us. Because we will be immortal. We will be perfected we don't even need a a reminder of reconciliations because we will be reconciled we won't need a special celebration of sukkah because we will be camping out now that said because these are such wonderful events in our lives to have to celebrate them retroactively in the sense of nostalgically yeah, that um, uh, a wonderful Passover meal with uh, friends and family would be an enjoyable thing, wouldn't it? And maybe for a week, uh, eight days, we camp out uh, right around all of us, right around our Heavenly Father, and enjoy uh, that special time. So it's, uh, but I do think it's uh, it's a Torah. Uh, lowercase t. So, this is largely because the existing Torah, as Barishi through Debarim, contains a lot of painful remembrances of disappointing choices which will no longer be germane. Just as there'll be no reason to tell those who already know Yahweh that, that as you said, that there's this roadmap to Yah. Oh, yeah, of course, we've been down it. We've reached its destination. There's no longer a reason to explain the conditions of the covenant to those who are already experiencing the joy of participating in it. As spiritual beings in heavens, we are no longer 
and in need of knowing how to get there, but instead how to act now that we are here. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the instructions for existing in the house? Yes, as opposed to how to get to the house. Now, what follows is, uh, is so reassuring of where we have come. And where we have come collectively is to recognize that the central figure of God's story is Dote. And God is celebrating this day with not only Yisrael, not only Yahudah, uh, not only with his covenant family, but with his son. It says, behold, days are coming, prophetically reveals Yahweh, when I will take a stand to establish, thereby fulfilling the beneficial account, which to show the way to the relationship, I spoke to the house of Israel with the family of Yahudah. Now, if you want to know what Yahweh spoke to the house of Israel and with the family of Yahudah, where would you look? I think so, too. So, so the day that is coming when Yahweh is going to establish and fulfill the beneficial account, which shows the way to the relationship that he reveals to Yisrael and Yahudah in the Torah. Now, seems reasonable to ask this question. How is it possible? With Yirmiyah's prophecies in the hands of billions of people, that the religion of Christianity gets away with claiming that God's promises were transferred from Israel and Jews to the church and Gentiles. And this is just like the previous prophecy. It shows God focusing on restoring his relationship with Israel and Yahudah in the last days prior to his return. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christians lug this book around. You know, the Matthew says, hey, the Christians, because uh, they plotted to kill Jesus, that God turned on them and said that you're no longer worthy of heaven, and I'm going to go off and, and uh, leave you and start working with Gentiles. That's what it says. Well, that ain't true. Just an outright lie. God's returning to Israel. He's Restoring his relationship with Yahudah. That's what the words say. There's been no replacement of the Torah with the New Testament. The focus is on Dod, not Yosha. Based upon this announcement, we should be looking forward to Yahweh fulfilling his promises to restore his relationship with Yisrael and Yahudah. It's going to happen. I'm not so sure it's going to be a large group, but it is nonetheless going to happen. He's going to call his people home out of Babylon this time. He's going to return to greet them. Now, the fact that it may not be millions, but instead thousands, 
of Israelites and Yahudim that come back home. So long as we have done our job to encourage all who are willing to listen to return to Yah, the number becomes irrelevant. God's always been about quality, not quantity. I'm not sure that uh, Abraham, I should go to him in a moment, but I'm not sure that Adam was all that special. And yet that was good enough for God. What I'm saying that Adam was all that special is that Yahweh gave Adam this wonderful gift of woman, and he did a really poor job of communicating with Chawa such that she was prepared to deal with the, the serpent. And then when he, when he succumbed to the serpent as well, he blamed his wife. That, in my view, is not the best of people. You know, Yahweh loves Abraham. He even refers to himself as the God of Abraham. And I want to tell you, I'm, I'm no fan of Abraham. Uh, I know God loves him, and I'm sure I'm going to see his best qualities. But, you know, a guy pimped out his wife twice. I don't find that appealing. I, I don't think there's anything that Abraham did and said that you would say, wow, that was really smart. You know, when I read about Moshe, I'm saying, there's a bright man. When I read about Moshe, I said, there's a man with courage and character and backbone. There's a man I really want to know. But not the others. And Mm -hmm. I I share that because there was a long period of time that the only person Yahweh was relating to was Adam, and that was good enough. And then Abraham, and that was good enough. And then... Noah, and that was good enough, along with his uh, wife, uh, wife and his sons and his Kids. wife's sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for a while there, it was Moshe. For a while there, it was Yosha uh, and some of the Israelites. It's always been enough until there weren't any. And Yahweh does bemoan that terrible time where he went thousands of years with no one. But so long as there was someone, Yahweh was okay with that. And I think he's going to be more than okay if there are a thousand Yehudim that finally return. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see millions. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think God's going to be disappointed. It's, it's right back to the conversation I had with my wife. Aren't you uh, troubled by what we know? And all of the squandered opportunity. I don't think God's going to look at it that way. I think he's going to say, I did everything I could. I, listen, I even sent my seven spirits down to equip a dead gun, lowly boy to get your attention. And I pulled out all the stops. You know, if you're not here, it's your own damn fault. And for those of you who are here, Let's celebrate this relationship. We've got a lot to accomplish. Eternity is going to be really fun. I think he's just going to simply say, I'm glad you're here, whoever the total number of people are. And, you he's know, not going to draw. Selfish, he's not there. Yeah, selfishly, I, I've looked at this two different 
I've looked at this two different ways. One way, uh, JB, has been to say the more the merrier, the more unique viewpoints and personalities, the more exciting uh, eternity is going to be, the more people we can go share it with. You know, it's a, like a beautiful rainbow isn't nearly as beautiful if you don't have someone to share it with. And so part of me says the more the merrier, the more that uh, we have in the family, the happier Yao is going to be. But Yao has always been about quality time. And, mm-hmm. and so there's something about not being enormous numbers of people, and we have quality time with our Creator. And He has a wonderful time with us. So I, so I'll celebrate I think, every person that's there and be happy that they're there with me, but I won't yeah. spend a second thinking about those that aren't. That's my view that's as well. Uh, and I think that is, uh, is God's view. How much y'all found through this journey that the people that gravitate to this do it rather quickly? I mean, they've already walked away, just like Abraham did. And the trouble is, the reason there's not a lot of numbers because nobody is even like Abraham. They at least walk away from Babylon. Yeah, or at least I think get away it, from it yeah. enough. They have yeah. a mindset already and are looking. And yeah, I think it's going to happen very quickly. The, I, I do not see, even when we complete this uh, project, and we have all 27 mm-hmm. or 28 books, maybe 30 books by that mm-hmm. time, uh, done. And we've done are numbers, you know, enormous numbers of shows on them. And uh, the two witnesses have done uh, their part. I think it's going to still take, because of how stubborn Israel is, uh, yeah. I think it's going to take uh, the miracle of saving Israel from the flood of jihadists. Mm-hmm. And yeah, personally intervening then. And then the the millions of people that are going to descend upon Israel in that final battle and the mm-hmm. fact that the two thirds of Jews will be killed that they'll be the the lightest casualties of anyone in the world. And with all of the destruction that's going to occur between now and then and the wars and and the pestilence and pandemics and climate change, and all of these kinds of things, I think that by the time we get to the end, um, those who survive it are going to be more than willing to say, the hell with the rabbis, the hell with the politicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was the only, uh, only adult in the room. I'm going to come back. They were wrong, and he's right. In fact, that's what... <laughs> When we read, what, are, what is Yahweh going to be referred to in the end? It's Yahweh's right. Mm-hmm. Yahweh's Sadaka. Yahweh's right. Mm-hmm. So God will soon be restoring what was taken away from his people while transforming the earth into the conditions enjoyed in the Garden of Eden. He's going to be enriching and elongating his people's lives at the very same time that he's ridding the world of their enemies. He's going to do all of these things and more, including integrating historic guidance into our very nature. This speaks of honoring several of these promises. Uh, This reads now. 
in those days and during that time for Dodd as the rightful branch, I will support abundant growth. He will act upon and engage in the means to make sound decisions and justly resolve disputes in addition to being right in the land. I don't know how it is possible that someone carrying this around, reading something, this is 3315, this close to the only passage in the prophets that gives you any glimmer of credibility, which is the renewal of the covenant, that as a Christian, you can believe that Jesus is coming back when God says, in those days and during that time, this is all for Dode. And that he and is Susie, the right just don't read that part. And this, this idea yeah. that we, we have come up with, that Dode is the branch off the tree of lies. And that's because of his, his relationship with Yahweh being the exemplar of the covenant, being the son of God. And being the author of these more Psalms than the Mashal Proverbs, that he is the branch, the Shemak, and he is not just the Shemak, he is the Shemak Shadak, the rightful branch, because what he is doing with his words and with his life is supporting abundant growth. He is causing profuse and plentiful fruit. You know, there is a tremendous difference and no difference at all between what Dode did and what we are doing. The big difference is that Dode is the son of God. The no difference at all is that we are sons and daughters of God through the cups. The big difference is he was anointed the Masayak. The no difference at all is that we're also anointed with the Spirit, called for a special mission. The big difference is he was a prophet, and Yahweh inspired him to write these powerful prophecies. The no difference at all is we can read them as if God was giving them directly to us. No difference at all. Now, the biggest difference is he was a lot smarter than I am. Well, that's true. You, he can, was. you can read his smartness. But, you can, you, but you, you know, can when you're yeah. studying I, him I and listening to him, he can, he can uh-huh. make you. Yeah, that's, that's why it's Sound so brilliant. marvelous. The, the student becomes teacher so that the student becomes a teacher. We can come to know what Doe knows. And as a matter of fact, this is the thing I think is so amazing is because of what Moshe contributed, because of what Dode contributed, we can know as much as Moshe and Dode. Oh, yeah. So there really isn't any difference. There's total difference. Yahweh used these people in the most mighty and magnificent way, but he's giving us all of that might and magnificence. There really is no difference. The more we see ourselves 
as being similar to Moshe, who was very courageous, steadfast, strong. And Dode, who was even more steadfast and resilient and courageous and strong. The more we see ourselves like that, the better. The more we see ourselves as walking in their footsteps, the better. But how does anybody say that Jesus is coming back when this obviously says that it's Dode? How does somebody say that Jesus is the branch when it says that Dode is the rightful branch? Let me, let me answer that. Yeah. Here's how they do it. Here's how they do okay. it. In those days and at that time, according to the New American Standard Bible, I will cause a righteous branch, and they change one word, of David to spring forth. Then they insert mm. Jesus in the commentary, and he shall execute justice and righteousness on the earth. Now the sermon opens up with, this is a branch. Jesus came from that branch. Therefore, Mm, yes, a little okay. bit lies. Yes, yeah, you may address yeah. in your commentary, but I'm, yeah, the, yeah, the serpent is yeah, the serpent is very subtle in that regard. But it's Baha Yom Ha Him. I know. I read it. Yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those days, look it up here and there. there. And by the way, there's uh, the problem with the Christian thing. Maybe a lot of problems with Christian thing. Well, they got lots of big problems. What? Yahweh is talking about his return, right? Mm-hmm. This is the last days. When was Jesus here? He, can't, he cannot return. 2,000 years ago. We're not even in the same period of time. When does Yahweh ever refer to Jesus as the branch? Refer to but him. He is, Yahweh's favorite term for goat is branch. Yeah. Well, he calls him son. I'm his father. He's my son. Pretty cool. He says that he is right. Or really cool. He says that he is the Messiah. Really cool. He says he is my choice as king. Pretty cool. He says he is my shepherd. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He says he is my chosen one. Oh, that's, that's good, too. That he is the, the set-apart of Yisrael. That's really cool. But he's constantly referring to Dode as the branch because of what grows from that branch, out of the words. So this says, and during that time, La Dode, La Dode would be concerning Dode, for Dode, to approach Dode as the rightful branch, Shemek Sadak. By the way, if this was supposed to apply to someone other than Doat, why is only Doat's name mentioned? That's, that's the, now you're using logic. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you could never walk you can't have religion with logic. Never. Okay. <laughs> How dare you use logic? He will act upon and engage in the means to make sound decisions and justly resolve disputes. Dode wrote about the Mishpat. Mm-hmm. You know, the 119th Psalm, one of the four most important concepts presented therein is the Mishpat, the means to make a good decision. According to Christians, Jesus says, don't judge lest you be judged. Mishpat is based upon the Hebrew word that means to judge. 
justified. Mm-hmm. So Chicago, it yeah. can't be Jesus because he's the one saying, don't judge. But I want to tell you, if you want to talk about judgmental fellows, the most judgmental guy that ever lived was Doug. You know, after uh, Yahusha died, there was a group of people that led Israel. What were they called? Mm. Judges. 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 Last time, right? Yeah, judges. And, and so, they were Yahweh appointed. Yeah, you know, Yahweh set that system up. So I think Yahweh's right. okay with judgment. Yes, I, I, I can assure you, he is okay with judgment. In addition to being right, the only person that is consistently called right with God is Dode. The only person who is consistently right about the misfot are Dode and Moshe. The only person that God calls the branch is Dode. And guess whose name is written here? Dode. This isn't hard. The rightful branch is Dode. He is connected. He is correct when it comes to God. And as such, if we want to be right and grafted into that same branch, we ought to consider what he has to say. God said he chose Doe David to be his son. He chose Doe David to be king and Messiah. He chose Doe David to be the branch and shepherd. And he is returning with him for a reason. One, the world either is ignored, rejected, or misplaced. God doesn't do anything alone. And the person he most enjoys working with is Dode. He likes to listen to him sing. He likes the lyrics of his song. He likes his character. He likes his uh, propensity to defend the sheep. He likes the fact that he was a shepherd. He loves him. And there's so much to see in this man that is lovable. So in this statement, we're reminded that Dode having engaged in the Mishvat, boy, is he ever an authority on the Mishvat? <laughs> is he ever a judgmental individual? Mishvat is simply uh, me, which is the Hebrew interrogatory that says, contemplate the who, what, where, why, and when of being judgmental and justly resolving disputes. Dode has gained understanding, and he is willing to celebrate it with us. Moreover, Yahweh is going to deploy Dode as judge and jury. In those days, Yahudah will be liberated and saved. Well, that would end your chances of Jesus because Jesus, according to um, the Christian New Testament, got all pissy with Jews because they schemed to kill him. But in those days, Yehudah will be liberated and saved. And Jerusalem will dwell well confidently and securely. Well, I can't be talking about Jesus because what happened to Jerusalem upon uh, his visit? Rome destroyed the temple and then came back and destroyed the country. Sawi. This is the designation by which to show the way to the benefits of the relationship 
he will be called. Yahweh makes us right. Now, you can say he will be called, is that speaking of Dode, the rightful branch? Is that speaking of Yahweh? Well, God said, this is about Dode. So the, the designation that Dode is going to be called is Yahweh Sadak Ananu. Yahweh makes us right. Wasn't that what Dode proclaimed? Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, how can this be Jesus if the name is Yahweh makes us right? And how can it be a church since he's already said that he's coming back to save Yahudah, Jews, and the us would be Jews, would it not be? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So Yahweh makes mm-hmm. Jews right. <laughs> Don't think that can be Jesus. I mean, the only way you can be a Christian is to be completely ignorant and irrational. But the same thing would be true with uh, Judaism. They are never going to celebrate. A religious Jew is never going to celebrate a moment where Yahweh makes us right because they won't even acknowledge it. They think it's rabbis that make them right. Now, there's no mistaking the fact that Yahweh took the initiative to engage those on behalf of his people and that Dode devoted himself to knowing God. The understanding he gained along the way was provided by the Torah and the Spirit. And it was this understanding which made it possible for Dode to be vindicated and correct, the rightful branch. But the same approach, the same result, apply to the entirety of God's covenant family. Listen, Dodd had more responsibility than, than any of us could ever imagine, unifying Israel, keeping Israel together, acquiring uh, Jerusalem, acquiring the Temple Mount, acquiring all of the materials for God's home, and defending Israel from all of her enemies, surviving a predecessor king that tried to kill him, and at the same time authoring nearly a hundred Mizmor Psalms and thirty Proverbs, Michelle. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to imagine all that uh, he had to live with and had the opportunity to uh, to do, but but nonetheless, he was a flawed fellow. We can see how the Torah perfected him. We can study and determine why God chose him. We can try to emulate those same attributes because we know that God loves them. We can learn more from this man than anyone, including Moshe, who would be this second most person we can learn from. 
So that's why God's making such a big deal about dope. We have so much we can learn from him. When we can do so in a very comfortable way, uh, knowing that we don't have to be perfect, but that the Torah will perfect us, that we don't have to be as smart as he is because we've chosen him to be our teacher, that we don't have to be the shepherd of God's flock because he is. We can just be one of the sheep. We don't have to govern because he is. We can be among those who benefit from his governance. It's the best of all possible situations. For thus says Yahweh, don't, shall never be cut off, cease to exist nor fail. He is the individual who will inherit the most honorable seat of the house of Yisrael. So you uh, showed me the sleight of hand you, um, yeah, but, of how they were supposed to be speaking about uh, this must be big news because, because well, God can't keep his name straight and I don't know why he doesn't name Jesus but, oh, but he's speaking of Jesus. And why does he? Uh, my note. Why my does note he is, where's the mythical here? Jesus now? Yeah. yeah, now what are you going to do now? <laughs> For thus says Yahweh, Dode shall never be cut off. He shall never cease to exist. He will never fail. He is the individual who will inherit the most honorable seat in the house of Israel, of those who engage and endure with God. I'm here to tell you, man, I do not begrudge him one iota. I am not the least bit jealous. I am absolutely thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for God, and I'm thrilled for the rest of us. This is the, you know, it's the old line, uh, is it better to uh, own a uh, an airplane and a boat or be uh, a, a good friend with somebody that does own an airplane and a boat? And I'm here to tell you, I've spent some time late night on my boat last night, uh, and I wish it was someone else's boat, and I was one of those that got to leave early. But I, I can tell you that this is a much better deal for us. We are friends. We are friends with the guy that, that essentially owns Israel. Owns a really great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yep. Go hang out your boat. I've got to hang out in your kingdom. Thank you very much. It's your responsibility. You take care of it, and I'm just going to enjoy it. Y'all clean it out the seat. A nice cold glass of water, and uh, I'm going to put my feet up here, and uh, you go take care of that little skirmish over there and tell me how it turns out. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm retired. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually think that we're all going to be uh, having a grand old time supporting uh, those efforts, and I think he's going to have a oh, grand sure. old time accepting us, uh, helping uh, helping out, and it's going to be a very collaborative uh, deal. But let's just not lose sight of the fact that Dode's special, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. He's, 
he can do no wrong. He uh, he gets the seat of honor. And I'm delighted that we have with a lot of responsibilities too, so he can have it. He can have it. He can have it, man. Uh, and I couldn't be a better man. He earned it. He earned it. He earned it, and heck, uh, you know, I just like uh, um, Moshe. I, I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, I can't wait mm-hmm. to meet Elia. I can't wait to meet Yashaya. I can't wait to meet Yermaya. Can't wait to meet uh, Yob. Can't wait to meet Moshe. Can't wait to meet Samuel. I think he's going to be a, a wonderful conversationalist. But we get that opportunity. Heck, we might even see the better, best parts of uh, Abraham. I think we will. You know? Yeah. I think Deborah is going to be an interesting uh, person. I think Ruth will be an interesting person. I think Sarah will be an interesting person. I uh, can't wait for some of the people we're going to meet along the way. Mm-hmm. But that's the story. We'll return to it uh, this time uh, next week. Um, it is just so consistent, though, isn't it? Uh, and she read the other stuff earlier, the Open It show. Yeah. All of those were – I went to – I connected all those dots where we, we've, yeah. we've covered that ground. That's said in the psalm. This is said here and this is said there. Is, mm-hmm. is, there are no inconsistencies if you, if you translate it right, correctly. Correct. It just, uh, it's, it just screams out. The words are the powerful. Deal. They all leave home. They all lead home. They are powerful. They are consistent. They're enabling. They're enriching. And God's very straightforward. This is what he's offering. This is what he is expecting in return. But so much more than that, particularly when we take the time to study his, not only his Torah, but the man through whom he offered it. And we learn the life of this man and what he did, leaving Mitzrayim and and before he left, defending the defenseless, his own people, from the harm of that religious and political regime. And then going back in as someone who had walked away from religion and politics with Yahweh to liberate these people, demonstrating God's desire to liberate us from religion and politics, to free us so that we could walk with him. What a marvelous story that is and and how that story leads through Yosha ben Nun, through Shamuel, to doubt. And how Yahweh reveals this. I, I, I don't have the same criterion that you have. This is the guy that I've chosen. And how much we can learn from why God chose him. And learn from him in terms of how to observe the Torah and how to uh, to celebrate this relationship. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to grab hold of the Torah and never let go. So I look forward to being here again this time next week. And uh, let's hope that we, we have um, the opportunity to continue to enrich the lives of covenant members and to add to the covenant family so that uh, this wonderful reunion when the Dode returns will be a time that Yahweh 
is enormously happy with those who have returned to him and, and even with us for having done all we can do to reach out to God's family. May Yah bless. May uh, you have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful Shabbat. Look forward to being with you this time next week. Thank you, JB. Thank nice you. Good night. Thank you, Jack. Bye, Mac. Thank you.